Now, I want to talk to you about living a supernatural life in the power of God. I lead a church up in the north of England called Revive Church, and we love to see God do incredible things by his power and by his presence. And what I think is most wonderful is that we know this is open to everyone who wants to walk with God in all of his ways. I, I had a friend, and he was doing some work with the underground church in a, a nation that persecutes Christianity. And he was, he was chatting to some leaders before he got there. And um, he, he was saying, so where shall I meet you when I arrive? And they said, oh, no, 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 you're just going to have to hear God when you arrive. And the Holy Spirit will tell you where to come. So he was like, okay, all right. It takes a bit of bravery. And while he was doing this, he was going to smuggle some Bibles into the country. So uh, some time later, he finds himself in a queue with bags full of Bibles, and he's heading slowly towards these border guards. And he notices they're opening every single case and checking everything. He's in the queue thinking, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? They're opening all of the cases. And he feels the Holy Spirit say to him, okay, when I say run, run. I don't know about you. I would have run in the other direction straight away. Anyway, he, he, he says, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you and I'll do what you say. So he's moving along in this queue. He's getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And he's getting really close to the border guards now. And then the Holy Spirit says, run! And he starts to run. He runs straight past the guards, straight through. And he keeps hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, turn left, turn right, turn left. Turn left again. Go over that roundabout. Go over that dual carriageway. Go over that way. And then go and stand under that lamppost. As he runs across the road and stands under a lamppost, the pastor he was meant to meet walks out and says, I knew you'd find me. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? There are adventures to be had when we start listening to the Holy Spirit. My own story with hearing the voice of God began when I was in Bible school. I remember one evening in Bible school and I was leading worship at, at the Bible school. It was a Thursday night, November 1990. And I remember in the time that there was a little student worship time. And as we worshiped, it was as though the presence and glory of God rolled into the room in a way that I'd not experienced before. We just sang in tongues for half an hour or so. And I remember saying to God, God, his presence was thick. I'd never done anything like it. I remember saying to God, what shall I do, God? What shall I do? The presence was so awesome. And I heard the still small voice of God say, come away with me. Come away with me. And I knew God just wanted me to be alone with him for a moment. So I went to the uh, Bible school administrator. There was a little, little flat, little apartment that the Bible school had, and people would go and use it for prayer. So I said, is there any chance it's free this weekend? Amazingly, it was. So I remember November 1990, it was quite cold and damp and a little bit miserable weather-wise. I got into this little flat, this little apartment in a village in England. And I remember getting in. I stuck on everything I could find that would heat the place up. Candles, the three-bar fire, the cooker. I put on everything to try and warm the place up. And I remember getting my pad and my pen and kneeling in the little living room of this little flat. And as I knelt down, that same glory of God rolled into the apartment where I was. And God began to speak to me. For eight hours, God spoke to me solid. I, pad, pen, and I was just writing. He told me about my life. He corrected me on stuff. He reassured me on stuff. He spoke about my future, stuff that I'm doing today. And I was, well, I was all snot and tears. I was just crying and wiping it off the paper as God spoke over and over again for eight hours. Eventually, the next day, I got back to the Bible school, got into my little room where I stayed. And I'm thinking, well, that was an amazing eight hours. 
But as I closed the door on my bedroom, again, the glory of God rolled into that little bedroom. Down on my knees again, pad and pen out, God speaking to me for three to four hours. For three or four months, three to four hours a day, God would just lock me in my room and speak to me about my life and correct me and update me and give me promises for the future and, and grow me in certain areas and, and challenge me on my insecurities. The voice of God in that season became so precious to me. Of course, I didn't really know it was God until God started to talk to me about other people. And then I would go out from my room at Bible school and go, you know what? I was listening to God a moment ago and I felt he said this, this and this about you. They would burst into tears or go, how did you know that? I'm like, well, I didn't. I just think I'm beginning to hear the voice of God. When you start to hear the voice of God, Oh, Christianity comes alive. In fact, until we, we catch the communications of heaven, really, we're, we're blind men in a dark room looking for a black cat. In other words, you're going to stumble over the will of God every now and then. But I don't know about you. I don't just want to stumble across God's will. I want to hear him clearly. Now, the greatest challenge to many people, I'm sure there's many of you watching this program that would say, but I don't hear the voice of God. I, I'm not sure I can hear him at all, maybe occasionally, but, but hardly ever. I want to reassure you, the Bible's quite clear. My sheep hear my voice, John, 20, John 10, 27 says. You hear the voice of God already. In fact, you probably wouldn't be listening to this program if you didn't already have some sense of hearing the voice of God. The truth is, it's not so much about hearing. I believe all God's sheep hear his voice. It's about discerning becoming sensitive, beginning to realize, ah, that's the voice of God. I liken it to panning for gold, you know, finding the gold among the dirt and, and, and they, would, they would pan and let water flow through and all the dirt would go away and you'd be left with a shining gold. Inside you, there are golden nuggets of God's wisdom. You might not even know it yet, but God's in you. The Bible says you have the mind of Christ if you're a Christian. Psalm 139 says that God has more thoughts about you than there are grains of sand on the seashore. Think about that for a moment. More thoughts about you than there are grains of sand on a seashore. That's a lot of thoughts. How many of those thoughts have you heard? God wants to speak to you. That's why Psalm 139, he says, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. We need to hear and grasp the voice of God. And I want to talk to you about how to discern that voice in your life. I did a, a thousand piece jigsaw with my son a little while ago. What's the first thing you do when you start a jigsaw? You, it was my job. You look for the straight bits, right? You, you're searching among all the bits of the jigsaw, looking for the straight bits and for those four corners. In your soul, in your mind, in your spirit, is loads of information from God. I want to show you how to go looking for the straight bits. I want to show you how to go pan for the gold that's inside you. Because if you can remove the dirt and find the voice of God, you're going to begin an adventure in him. If you can find the straight bits, lose all the other bits, we'll fill those in later. If you can find the straight bits to begin the picture of your life from God's perspective, boy, oh boy, things get exciting when you find the straight bits of God's wisdom inside you. There are many things that we can do to hear and learn the voice of God. But first thing, let's understand, let's be real for a moment. There's a lot of things going on inside of you. Number one, you have the voice of God. I've already spoken to you about that. You've got God's voice inside you. But then there's just you 
I mean, have you noticed? There's loads of thoughts that are you. They're, they're thoughts, feelings, attractions, appetites, your subconscious, your hormones. Oh, boy, anybody got those left? Emotions. Does anybody ever get hangry? <laughs> when I'm hungry, oh, boy, I can get hangry, right? Uh, so we've got all kinds of feelings that go on inside of us, in and through and around our lives, and it's just us. So you've got God, and then you've got you. But then, I'm sorry to say, you've got a third voice inside you too, and that's you can hear the voice of the enemy. Isn't it interesting that Jesus was interacting with Peter, the disciple in the Bible, and one minute he's saying, when Peter recognises that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus says, wow, my father's revealed this to you. Then just a few verses later, Jesus turns around because now Peter's being silly, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. In other words, he was hearing the father one minute, but he heard the voice of the devil, another. And so you've got all these things going on inside of you. God, everything that makes up you, from your emotions to your hormones to your attractions and everything else too, and then you've got the enemy. As we begin to discern what the voice of God is, then we can begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 tells us that your soul and your spirit are in conflict. There's a battle going on inside of you. So in other words, these things aren't going to happen easily. We're going to have to purposely go looking for the voice of God. Now, to help you with that, the first thing I want to share with you today is, well, how does God speak? What's his voice like? Here's the first thing. The Bible says that God speaks with a still, small voice ever so gentle, like a whisper, God is quietly speaking. Now, I don't know about you, my voice in my head can be really loud. The voice of anxiety can be so loud. The voice of stress can be so loud. The voice of worry and fear can be so loud. The voice of anger can be so loud. And yet God says, I'll speak with a still, small voice. My own version of that phrase is a peace-filled hunch. I've just got a sense that I think maybe God is speaking. I, I, I met someone just the other day and, and I was praying with him and I just got this little hunch. Do you need, do you need a, a vehicle for your organisation? And his eyes went wide and he said, oh, yes, our, our minivan just broke down last week. You know, you get these little hunches from God. You think, well, maybe I didn't go, thus saith the Lord. I don't really know until we share it with each other. Say, are you by any chance needing something around this, this or this. Be amazing how many peace-filled hunches, little thoughts, little whisperings from heaven go on inside of you. If you begin to grasp that fleeting thought and realize, oh, now why, why when I stand next to this guy do I get this feeling that he needs a vehicle for his organization? You have all kinds of things. If we begin to discern the whisperings of heaven in our spirit, then we can begin the adventure with God. Another way that God speaks, I love this phrase, you find it in the Bible, the word of the Lord came to me. Now that's a little bit more impactful, a little bit more powerful. I remember when I was single and uh, I'd been invited to go preach at this church and it was a place I didn't know and I didn't really know the leader. Uh, but we set up the details for the meeting and then, then he got his PA to write a letter with all the details in and send it to me. And so uh, some days later, I got the letter, I opened the letter up and I'm, I'm reading through the details. And then I got to the name at the bottom. It said something like, yours sincerely, Victoria Mansell. And as I read her name, God said to me, that's your wife. 
<laughs> All I had was a letter to go on. I was thinking, well, I, I hope she's a good girl because I don't even know who, who she is. She could be 88 for all I know. Anyway, some months later, I walked in the back of that church. As preachers do, I turned up early while the band were rehearsing. And as I walked in, there was a girl playing the violin at the end of the stage. And I knew instinctively that was her. And about two years later, we married. But it was like, I never expected a word to come to me like that. Very strongly, not audible, but very strongly. I just knew God said, that's your wife. 10 seconds before, I didn't know it was about to happen. Do you know what? Even before this program finishes, the word of the Lord might come to you and something powerful might just hit your spirit where you go, I suddenly know something that I didn't know before. A friend of mine was going in for an operation and um, he was, it wasn't particularly worried about the operation. And um, as he was just praying and reading his Bible before it, the word of the Lord came to him powerfully and said, I will raise you from your deathbed. And he was like, well, I didn't know I was on my deathbed. I'm going in for a routine operation. As it happens, during the operation, he died several times, but God brought him back. The surgeon even said to him afterwards, what was it that came into the theater when you died? There was this, and these were the words of the preacher, it's the presence of God that came in. And he was raised back from his deathbed because of what God did. The word of God can come to you powerfully, maybe not audibly, but you just know that you know, God just spoke to me. A little while ago, God interrupted me and said, go to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I'm like, what? Three times God said to me, almost audibly, go to Abu Dhabi. And so we headed off to Abu Dhabi, following the will of the Lord. You don't know when God is about to speak to you. Very similarly, God can come to you with a voice like a trumpet. He doesn't only speak with a still, small voice. He can speak like a trumpet. He can speak like thunder. He can speak with powerful sounds like rivers and things like that and waves. God's voice can come powerfully. I remember one time I was feeling down and low and I had a vision. I found myself on this mountain and God was before me in this vision. That's another way that God speaks. And God raised his arms and he shouted, you are my son. You are my son. And it transformed something inside me as God's voice like a trumpet transformed me. God can speak in dreams and visions very, very powerfully. Uh, I, I had a dream just recently. I've been uh, in leading our church, involved in a lot of departments later, more than I would lately, more than I usually would be involved in. I was, I was saying to God, God, should I be involved in so much? I don't want to be a smothering leader. I don't want to be uh, overwhelming people and, and get too involved in stuff because it's not how I normally operate. I want to delegate and release. And I had a dream. And in the dream, I was playing the drums. And of course, in playing a drum kit, you're hitting lots of things. And, and in this dream, God said to me, I'm causing you right now to touch a lot of things to bring people into rhythm. Isn't it amazing how we can have a dream where God answers the questions that we're having? But I tell you what, there was a choice from me quite a little while ago to say, God, I'm just not just going to think that dreams are too much cheese and too much pizza. I'm going to trust that you will also speak to me in my dreams. Not that every dream I have is from God, but when I wake up, I often sit and I lie there thinking about the dreams I've had. And I say, God, was that you? Speak to me about what I was just dreaming about. Sometimes when I'm going to sleep, I'll say to God, okay, God, speak to me tonight in my dreams. The Bible says that we should hear God in dreams and visions. And lastly, feeling 
compelled. God can, we just feel compelled that we should do something. And God can speak to us in that way. It just sensing that he's, he's pushing us to, to do something. I remember being in a meeting recently and I was just about to preach and it was in the middle of the worship. And, and just before I get up, this presence from God so intensely comes on me. And I just feel compelled. I can't even describe how, because there wasn't words to it, but I just knew we had to pray for deaf ears. And so I got up on the platform, but by now I was so full of the presence of God, which when the presence of God comes, the faith of God comes. And I said, is anyone here deaf? Come out here right now. God's going to heal you. I tell you, I'm not naturally a brave person, but when the presence of God comes, I get brave because it's God that comes into our lives. Well, three deaf people, uh, people wearing hearing aids and stuff like that came out to the front and within about two minutes, they were all healed. And then we carried on with the service. Sometimes you just feel... I just feel I've got to. And God can lead us in that way. Now, just feeling that I've got to voice like a trumpet, the audible voice of God, dreams and visions, they're all wonderful. I still have to say the most common one for me is the still, small voice. Just fleeting thoughts, hunches, a little sense from God. And as I've learned to begin with the simple and then grow with him. So don't start with wild stuff. Begin with the simplest of things, encouraging your friends and neighbours, encouraging your family and your church members. As you begin to grow in those things, you begin to recognise, ah, I'm panning for gold. There's the dirt, that's just me, or even the devil. This is the gold of God's voice. Something happens when we begin to recognise that voice. Let me give you several ways that you can develop sensitivity to God's voice. The first one is this, concentration. We've got to learn how to concentrate. Jesus said when he was teaching people about prayer, go into your room, close the door. Now that's literal, okay? It's not a picture. Go into your room, close the door. In other words, focus, concentrate. Get your mind wrapped up in God. I love the picture of Adam and Eve, and they heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. Oh, I've got to say that phrase again. I like it so much. They heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. The cool of the day is early morning, in the evening. They would spend time with the voice of God. Isn't that an incredible thought? Time with the voice of God, focusing on what God is saying will bring life to you because something happens when we put our lives under the very voice and the whispers of heaven. Be still and know that I am God, the Bible says. Something happens when we, it literally means down tools and be still and listen. The verse goes on, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. God gets exalted when we be still. Being still and concentrating. I would, I would encourage you, challenge you, take Five minutes a day, 10 minutes if you can, with a pad and a pen every day and listen to the voice of God. Just begin. And you go, well, well, how do I begin to listen? Well, this is what I do. Piece of paper, write at the top, dear Jared, or put your name on it, and then write, write down what you think perhaps maybe God might say to you right now. I'll tell you what you'll discover. There is an immense amount of wisdom already in your spirit and your mind from God. There's solutions to problems. You already know them. Don't go to the pastor, ask for counselling, right? This, a lot of the time we know what we should be doing. And if we got a pad and a pen and wrote down what we think God would say to us right now, we'd find actually 
the wisdom of God is already flowing in our lives. I have done that now for, ooh, 30 plus years, listening again and again and again to the voice of God. And it's helped me tune in to God's voice. But you've got to focus and concentrate. Number two, activation. Begin to spend time looking for those straight pieces. Have you got your pad and your pen? Begin to ask God questions. Activate the voice of God within you. In other words, focus on it and it will grow. The sense of him speaking will increase in your life. Number three, persevere. Persevere. Push through to greater wisdom. The book of James, chapter 3 and 17 and 18 says, the wisdom from above is first of all pure. Catch this, the wisdom from above is first of all pure. Very often when God speaks, he speaks with one pure thought to begin with. And here's what I've discovered, because the verse goes on, then it is, and it lists other things. The wisdom of God comes first of all with a single word very often. And I found as I begin to pull on that, don't just go, oh, I got one word from God. As you begin to pull and say, okay, God, you've started to speak, you've introduced a conversation, begin to pull on that wisdom and you're going to find that more wisdom flows. I remember being sat in a room one day and a young girl walks in. I was in a church I didn't know and I didn't know this person. A young girl walks in and as she walked in, I got a singular word, the word dance. And so, dance, I didn't know what that meant, but I knew it was to do with her because it came to me the moment she walked in the door. So I said, what does dance mean? And God said to me, she likes to dance. So I said to her, do you like to dance? And she said, yes. And then I pulled on God again and said, well, what about that? And God said, she thinks if she comes to me and gives her life to me, she'll have to give up dancing. So I said to her, you know what God says to you? If you come to him, you won't have to give up dancing. Well, there was tears and she gave her life to Jesus. If we pull on the initial things that God is saying, you're going to find there's immense wisdom there. Don't just leave it with the first word. Draw on the words of heaven. Persevere and draw on everything that God is saying. Number four, foundation or protection. You need to build a foundation of protection in your life, and that comes from knowing the Bible, okay? Don't just become prophetically unusual. Don't just think, well, I've just got to listen to God's voice now. I don't need the written word. No, no, no. The written word gives us 5,000 years of ways that people have proved God, shown how he moves, and he gives us boundaries for our hearing of God's voice. It is so important that we grasp what the Bible says about different things so that whenever I'm having an experience of God, a vision, a dream, he's speaking to me all the time because of 48 years of being around church and around the Bible, I'm constantly going, does a verse go with that? How is that scriptural? How does that fit here? And God is always just bringing up scriptures as I encounter him. And it gives me safety and boundaries and keeps me from getting weird. Because some people, if you go prophetic, it's almost like they slightly want to be weird. Don't fall for that. We just want to be God's people. Have a foundation of the Bible in your life. Go to Bible school, do an online course, do an evening course. If you can, do a full-time course. But I know that many can't do that. But one way or the other, grasp the wonder of the Bible and let it grow in your life until something incredible is built that causes you to be able to trust your experiences in God. Finally, develop momentum. Momentum causes you to begin to hear God's voice clearly, and powerfully 
unconfidently. I've grown slowly in hearing God's voice over the years, and I've done many, many little things, just being able to realize, okay, yeah, that's God's voice. Then the risks got bigger and bigger to the point where when I was itinerant in ministry, I remember walking into a car showroom, and there was a brand new shiny car, and God said to me, I want you to book it. I want you to buy it. I didn't have any money. And I'm thinking, now, here's the danger. You see, I like shiny things. So I knew, well, that could just be me. I really had to have a good pray about that and a good think about it. But with all of my thinking and testing and the foundation of the word in my life, I had to come back to the conclusion that was the voice of God, the same voice of God that I've heard so many times before. So I booked the car and I didn't even have the money. I told the garage, well, I've got a rich daddy, which is kind of true. <laughs> well, just before I needed to pay for the car, the money came in. That's our God. You see, Jesus isn't on the same timeline as us. He's already stood in your future, telling you how he's going to provide in ways that you don't even know about yet. But let me tell you, I wouldn't have bought a car on day one of hearing God's voice. We were probably on year six, seven, or eight of hearing God's voice before I pushed for that kind of level of stuff. So don't begin in the big and the wild and the dangerous. Begin by encouraging and growing. But develop momentum because momentum develops confidence. Something happens in momentum. I'll close with this story. I remember uh, once being in a small meeting. There was maybe 20 people there. And so I thought, well, I, I, I've, I've got space and time. And I, I feel God is saying to, I can prophesy over the whole room. I can pray for everybody. Now, something happens when you don't just pray for one person and stop. But when you pray for one, then go to another, then to another, then to another. And the confidence builds with momentum. And because of confidence, your accuracy starts to grow and you begin to grow and become sensitive in spiritual things. And I must have been two thirds of the way through and I pointed to this young man, I'm now in a flow now. I just know I'm hearing God's voice and I'll just go for it. And I'm just sharing. And I say to this young man, I say, and you young man, God would say to you, as Jean-Luc Picard would say to Commander Riker, make it so number one. God would say to you, make it so number one. And as I'm saying it, my mind is thinking, what on earth are you on about? What are you saying? But the the man bursts into tears. Now, Jean-Luc Picard and Commander Riker are from Star Trek, if you don't know. And so I'd shared a prophetic word about Star Trek. And in, in, the, in the Star Trek series, Jean-Luc Picard is like a father figure to Commander Riker. And he says to him, make it so, number one. And I've come along and said, God says to you, make it so, number one, like a father to a son. Well, this guy comes up to me at the end of the service and he says, you wouldn't believe. I was watching Star Trek two days ago. Now I was watching the father-son relationship between Jean-Luc Picard and Commander Riker. And I sat there crying watching Star Trek, thinking I never had a relationship like that with my father. Then two days later, you come along and says, God says to you, like Jean-Luc Picard to Commander Riker, make it so, number one. God says to you, make it so, number one. You've told me God is my father. Wow, isn't that incredible? That's what momentum does. It builds and builds accuracy. Don't just hear God once a week. Hear him every day. In fact, ask God for something supernatural in your life every single day. As you learn to discern God's voice, and then as you learn to activate and develop your hearing of his voice, you're going to find you enter the greatest adventure you can ever have, the adventure of hearing the voice of God. Get a pad. Get a pen, begin to write down what you think he might say to you. You're about to enter the greatest adventure you've ever had.